Hello and welcome back to How to PhD. This is the third of our Mental Health Awareness Week series of five episodes where we'll be sharing a different technique every day on how to practice well-being during your PhD. And today we're going to be talking about a technique called Big Picture, which we use to manage a lot of the anxiety that we felt during our PhDs. Hello and welcome back to How To PhD. My name is Aaron and I'm joined by my co-host Julia. Hello everyone. And today we're going to be talking about a new technique called big picturing or big picture technique, uh, which is quite useful for managing anxiety. But before we get into that, um, we should say that as ever, you know, um, we are not psychologists. So of course, if you feel like you need more help or you feel like you're struggling, please do reach out to people who can help you. So for example, in the UK, there are the Samaritans who you can call 24 hours a day at 116-123. Please do get in touch with whatever is the equivalent in your country uh, and get help if you feel like you need it. So there are people there who can help you. Um, so big picture technique, Julia. Yeah, so I think you mentioned already, but yeah, it's all about um, managing your anxiety that might come up through your PhD or PhD related. And yeah, I think anxiety often comes from imagining the worst case scenario, right? Sometimes it's building up in our heads and we can only see the worst thing that's, that could happen um, during that time. And it can really like play on our minds continually. Yeah. That's right. And uh, the interesting thing with this technique is, I guess it's almost a little bit counterintuitive in a way, because sometimes, you know, the advice is not to imagine the worst case scenario. That's kind of known as sort of catastrophizing, right? It's kind of always imagining what a catastrophe scenario could be. Um, but actually, what we're saying with this is um, to actually go headfirst into it and actually imagine the worst case scenario in a kind of more controlled, more proactive way, right? Mm, and more more productive in the way that yeah. we want to use that for something good to get energy again and hope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get rid of anxiety. That's mm. correct. So with this technique, um, we're actually going to do this together, just like yesterday's episode. So what we're going to do is grab a piece of paper and grab a pen. Um, and if you have one handy, do get those things now. Um, and what we're going to do is first imagine what is the worst case scenario for your PhD, which could probably be failing it, right? Yeah, so I think a lot of people, and I think myself included, are worried, oh, I'm never going to get my PhD. I'm never going to get yeah, finished with that. And then you start spiraling, spiraling, right? That you think, yeah. oh, if I can't get my PhD done, then I probably won't be able to get a job. And um, yeah, it just goes on and on. That's right. Yeah. So try and capture some of these like really kind of overall worst case things mm -hmm. um, and then connect to that some things that could cause it. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are the kind of steps? Why you, Yeah. Why do you think you won't be able to finish? What are the different things? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, for example, if we take that failing the PhD example, then one thing that could cause it is, say, not being able to publish enough. Depends, I right? guess. It, for some people, you will need a publication maybe to finish. But I think in our degrees, oh, I didn't have to publish something. But still, it might be a worry that you have, like, oh, I've never got anything published. And that shows that I can't contribute to knowledge. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> so whatever it is, just get it on, on paper. Get it out there. Yes. Yeah. Get it, get it on head. the paper and, and get a few of these reasons why you think um, this worst case scenario could happen. And actually, we're going to try and do Let's it now. Go. Yeah. Yeah. 
So here we are. We've uh, spent a couple of minutes uh, imagining the worst case scenarios and the things that could cause it. Um, Julia, would you like to share what you've put down first? Um, yeah, so I think I went back actually to my PhD and like thought about what were the things that I worried about that mm, back then. Okay. I think, yeah, a big deal for me was um, that I was really worried for my interview study that I was doing with uh, pharmacy users and, and there had to be certain that you had to be users of sexual service and that's a very sensitive topic so i think my main concern was i'm not gonna find people who want to talk to me about that and so um yeah so i won't get my recruiting done i won't get this interview study done and because of that i won't have enough to publish um or to to write up for my thesis and yeah i'm, I'm not gonna be able to have enough for a phd yeah that yeah. was not my one, but I also had like um, stuff like I was scared. I think of not being able to write everything up in time, um, or I wouldn't have any interesting findings, or um, I wouldn't finish in time. So I think these were my main worries. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What yeah. So so I uh, I took a slightly different approach. So I did it actually for my career or right kind now. of academic oh, okay. career now. So we were joking before we did this that actually it's quite therapeutic <laughs> this episode for me as well. Um, but no, so obviously I'm a research fellow now. And so some of the things that I'm worried about actually is perhaps also not publishing enough, perhaps mm. not, you know, getting enough funding oh, yeah. in. Um, these mm. are the things that could stop me progressing in the career, not teaching enough and, mm. and not building a, you know, national profile. These are the kinds of things that sort of worry me. Mm. Um, Okay, so now that we have these worries yeah. down on the we page, have it all out yeah, of our we've got it all out. Paper, not um, in the head anymore. That's right. And so now what we're going to do is with each of these points that you see, so for example, these specific things that cause this bigger failure, um, use, a, use some arrows or use a different color or a different kind of, uh, any kind of different way of kind of showing that it's something else uh, to connect to each of these things and say how you'd mitigate that, right? So for example, if we take that uh, example that we said in the first one of, of not um, publishing enough, um, some mitigations that you could potentially do to prevent yourself from not publishing enough. So basically you your airbags in a car that stop you from like... Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Let's, not any damage. <laughs> let's put those airbags onto this diagram. Uh, so actually now we're going to pause again and mm -hmm. have a go at that ourselves. Okay, so here we are back again. And so now we've gone through our worst case scenarios and now we've listed uh, a whole bunch of mitigations, haven't we? Yeah, um, I can go first if you want. So yeah. um, with regards to my recruiting, um, so I put down several errors now. So one is that I was offering um, vouchers as thank you for participation in my recruit and or in my yeah interview study. Um, so I think that was one thing that really helped me with um, recruiting and also using different recruitment methods was something that saved me in the end, I think. So not going just with one method, using several ones yeah. mitigated the risk. And um, yeah, with worries that I won't be able to write that much. I think things like making a time plan, and I think we covered that in a previous episode, how you can do that best. Yeah. Um, and also using writing ses sessions from the university that were offered that I knew I had time blocked out just for writing and that calmed me down. And I was also worried about not having yeah, interesting enough findings. And that was actually something I took to my supervisor as well. And they reassured me, you do not have to like, um, invent something crazy groundbreaking <laughs> whatever you find is what you find and is yeah <laughs> a exactly. solid sort of thing that you can will be able to write about 
Very so nice. what about you, Aaron? Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, so as I said, yeah, these are things that I could actually, it's actually been a really useful technique um, for this episode. Um, but yeah, for example, you know, things like uh, not building a national profile, I could find events that I can present at. And I know a few that have sort mm. of, that just, just came to mind now. Um, I can contact more professors using things like Twitter, right? And mm. sort of build a profile that way. Um, and things like, you know, not finding enough funding. Uh, you know, I work very well with my supervisor. So certainly if I talk to him, I'm sure that, and I express that to him, that we can find more opportunities mm. that I can apply to. Um, and of course, we're not teaching enough. That was another worry mm. of mine is to, is potentially to just get in touch with um, yeah. one of the professors who are teaching at, at the university and, and see if they have anything for me. So I guess kind of you, I think this really helps me to see what are the things that I've already kind of taken care of to reduce the risk that something will go wrong, right? Mm. And then there are these things that you just said as well, like, oh, I, with this specific point, I have to go talk to my super or line manager or whoever it is. So I think it just shows you where you have to take more actions and where you can actually relax a bit more and say, okay, I, I, I really use different um, techniques to kind of tackle that that kind of risk yeah and i think there's this yeah this wider point that as you say i think by having it down on a piece of paper and actually mapping all this Mm -hmm. stuff out and and you can sort of visually see how these risks all kind of um interplay and and Mm. relate to each other that you can i think it sort of frees you to think of Mm. mitigations right in a more sort of creative way and helps you relax your mind a little bit because you have all you have everything written down you can let go of it a little bit it's not you have to keep it all in your head like it's going in circles exactly that and i think this is the the sort of the key final point with this is of course you know so far this technique has been very kind of personal you've you've done this yourself um but now you know the next step will really is to you can take this sheet that you've you've written um and and share it right Mm. share it with people you're comfortable with with your colleagues um with your supervisors and i think externalizing and sharing your kind of deepest anxieties about the project you know one you know it helps you share that burden right you Mm. know you know burden shared is a a burden halved right um and you can use your support network use your friends and supervisors and i think you know this and you can use the techniques that we discussed in like a previous episode uh where we talked about you know how do you communicate or externalize your feelings And, and you can say things like you know i feel anxious because Mm, this 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 and therefore you know i want this to happen and again this mind map doing this process it's a relatively simple technique but Mm. actually that process of externalizing is just so powerful yeah so you create basically by yourself and with the help of others more airbags so you can feel more secure during your phd and i think um another point maybe to mention is that i think during this time i think luckily i finished all my data collection before the COVID pandemic and the lockdown started but I think for a lot of PhD students that started the journey during that time or just before and were planning to do data collection I think that could have been really worrying that um, COVID kind of destroys your your PhD plan as well apart from all other things that of course were happening Um, but I think yeah for example one of my colleagues she had to do data collection abroad and obviously she could not travel during the um, COVID pandemic so in the end, they found another airbag, let's say. So they found a research assistant um, in that country abroad that was able to do data collection for her. And then she could use that to analyze. So I think what I'm saying is whatever, however big your worries yeah. are, and what yeah. there will be something um, that will help you um, yeah, mitigate the, these risks and you will be able to to 
go through that. And also, I think whatever challenge you're facing right now in your PhD will be something great to reflect on in your thesis, right? And also yes. later in job interviews, when they ask, oh, when was there a big challenge to overcome in your PhD? Then you can have this mind map in your head saying, okay, this was my problem or my worry back then. And this is the kind of steps that I did um, to yeah manage that. And I think that's exactly what employers also want to see, right? It's a really good point. And, you know, we talked a lot about the importance of journaling and kind of capturing your feet, your, your thoughts as you go through the PhD. And this is a very... Um, very diagrammatic form of a journal which again mm. you know you can do this multiple times through the PhD at different points to kind of track how you're changing and as Julia says you know this is the kind of thing examiners want to see so use this technique use it to map out your kind of greatest fears and kind of what you think those fears will come from get those mitigations down and share it with people and I think you'll find as we found that this te technique can be very very useful in kind of managing and being more productive about those anxieties. Okay, so hopefully you find this technique useful. Um, but I think there's a kind of final point that we want to make um, around the fact that it's important to remember that even in the worst case scenario that you fail the PhD, right? I mean, it's highly unlikely that this is going to happen, but you know, in that ultimate worst case, remember that actually you don't need the PhD, right? It's it's something that you've you've decided to do and to remember that you are perfectly employable and that and that of course everything you've done so far in the PhD is experience right you don't mm. you don't need this this is something that you're doing as an extra on top of of, of everything that you're already capable of yeah I think that's really important to like stress that and just be aware of that that you yeah you made that choice so embrace it there will be challenges it's a very it's the highest um education degree yeah. i guess that you yeah, can it's the highest level yeah. yeah that you can do so it will be hard and challenging at times um but if you really decide this is not for you or you don't don't really don't enjoy it and you don't want to finish it then yeah there's nothing to worry about there will be loads of opportunities yeah. out there um either way and um, yeah, again, with the mind map, hopefully you've seen that nothing truly bad will happen through failing or not completing. I don't want to say failing, actually, not completing your yeah, PhD. That's true, yeah. And yeah, also my um, music, uh, my professor, my clarinet professor, my undergrad, she always, before concerts, when I was really um, nervous and worried, had a lot of anxiety before concerts, um, she was saying like, like what do you think is going to happen like, even if you make a mistake on stage and you play the wrong note um <laughs> nothing nobody's gonna do something bad to you nor will you harm any any anyone by making a mistake on stage right yeah. um maybe you feel the worst thing probably the feels that you're a bit disappointed afterwards or feel embarrassed um but it that's that's the worst case scenario so um yeah it's all gonna be fine that's right. And I think, you know, again, we are talking a lot about this worst case scenario. And I should say also, we, we mentioned, we called it failing the PhD a few times, but I think you're right in that, you know, it's probably better to call it not completing it, right? Mm. Because it, it doesn't have that negative association to it. It is mm. an option. And it's something that, you know, you should remember that this is not something that you really have to do. Um, mm. But, you know, again, you know, we're talking very worst case, but I think, you know, 
have the confidence and believe that you are trusted you with this it, role. Yeah, you can exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and I think the fact that you are listening to this podcast, right, and the fact that you're probably using other resources out there to try and help you and, and manage anxiety and things like that shows that you have that right mindset to complete exactly. this. So really believe in yourself. Trust that you mm-hmm. have been chosen to do this role, um, and that you have the ability to do it. And you know, I'm sure that things will work out no matter how challenging they seem right now. So to finish this episode off in the spirit of the nature theme of uh, Mental Health Awareness Week, um, we would like you to now, it could be that you've done this technique kind of as you've listened to this podcast, which is absolutely fine. But if you haven't, and you've kind of listened to this podcast all the way through, get outside to a park or a a balcony or a bench or sit under a tree. Um, And if you can't go outside and if it's raining, as it does (laughs) in the UK, Here's, here's my suggestion you know put on some ambient nature sounds from youtube right and and try this big picture technique so sit down what worries you the most at the moment what would happen if that worst thing happens and what are some mitigations that you can do to try and prevent that and of course share this with someone or of course you can share it with us if you'd like to mm-hmm. um and we'd be more than happy uh to see and, and and to comment and to discuss that with you guys um but give this a shot um get out there try this technique and hopefully it helps you out in your studies. So thank you so much for listening to the third episode in our Mental Health Awareness Week series, which takes us to the halfway point of this kind of mini series. Uh, we have hope you found that useful. If you know of someone who could benefit from this big picture technique, please do share this episode with them. Um, and of course, if you listen, enjoy listening to How to PhD and you'd like to support us, uh, you can do that in two ways, either by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at howtophd.show and leaving us a small donation through Buy Me A Coffee. Um, And as always, thanks to everyone who supported us so far with donations and reviews and all the support on social media. Uh, We're hugely appreciative of the support and so happy that our listeners engage with us like this. Um, Please do get in touch. You can email us at contact at howtophd.show and of course over our Twitter and Instagram at howtophdshow. So tomorrow is our fourth episode, Julia. What are we going to be covering then? And it's um, about overcoming superstitions. Um, so like beliefs that you have maybe that's the best way to put it beliefs that you have that if you if you don't do whatever it is that you think you have to do you will not finish your PhD or be productive and yeah that's what we're gonna talk about tomorrow yeah this is something I really wish I knew before I started mine so another good episode coming up tomorrow we will see you then take care and thanks again for listening